You're listening to a Corridor Business Journal podcast. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Corridor Media Group's Diversity Straight Up, sponsored by ACT, Allied Energy, and Cedar Rapids Bank and Trust. I'm Sadika Bakta, President of Nikea Diversity Consulting. And I'm Anthony Arrington, Managing Partner of Top Rank. We're about to have a great show today. We're going to get under the hood with diversity, equity, inclusion, and engagement. We've got a great, great guest today, Stacy Klein. Stacy's the Corporate Sustainability Senior Director at GoDaddy. In her role, she's responsible for driving the strategic direction of GoDaddy's environment, social, and governance efforts, ESG, social impact programs, and employment engagement. Her passion for inclusive entrepreneurship is evident in her experiences running an Empowered by GoDaddy program that equips entrepreneurs in underserved communities with training, tools, and networks needed to accelerate their journey. She's going to talk about that a little later. Uh, Stacy has more than a decade of experience in operationally sustainability programs and to drive engagement across cultures to create business value. So stay tuned. We'll be right with you because we are going to share more about GoDaddy and corporate social responsibility, as well as how Stacy's uh, childhood helped her go on this social impact, as well as how leaders can really step up their game when it comes to social and environmental issues. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. For more than six decades, ACT has advanced its mission of helping people achieve education and workplace success. We exist to fight for fairness in education and create a world where everyone can discover and fulfill their potential. Education has power, a power that can change lives forever. It creates opportunities that lift up individuals and their families, and it sparks societal change that echoes through generations to come. From our grassroots, we have fought the good fight for equity in education, and we remain devoted to helping anyone who struggles to access that power. We are all in to create a world that values and encourages each individual's abilities and potential in a society that is fairer and more equitable. How do you use your energy? Giving back to your community? Fueling your drive to deliver hope for neighbors in need. At Alliant Energy, we're creating more clean, renewable energy every single day to power what matters to you. Because even during the most powerful moments in our lives, we're not thinking about power. We're thinking about a brighter future. Alliant Energy, powering beyond. The phrase, people you can bank on, it kind of embodies our legacy. What I think that means is we care about our clients, we care about our community, and we care for each other. Having been in business for over 20 years and uh, explored all possibilities of financing and you know banking relationships, I have found that the people at Cedar Rapids Bank & Trust are people that you can really bank on. Welcome, Stacy. We're very excited to have you on Diversity Straight Up. Thanks for your time and your input today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, you know, for you listeners here, this has been a year in the making with Stacy, right, Stacy? You had an exciting uh, chapter journey. I hope uh, that has been a beautiful one for you. Yes, it has. It has been a busy year, but I'm really looking forward to talking today. <laughs> well, for some of you listeners who may not know, uh, Stacy um, had a baby, and the baby is how old now? 
He's now nine months. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you remember those times oh, when babies were nine months, Anthony? Welcome to the jungle. That's all I got to <laughs> say about that. <laughs> Congratulations, Stacy. That's exciting. That's very Thank exciting. you so much. Yes, it is busy, but it is fun. Are you getting uh, any full nights of sleep at this time? <laughs> I am uh, fortunately getting getting sleep now, um, and it's funny you don't realize how sleep deprived you are until your child starts sleeping through the night, and then you're wondering how you were surviving. So, yes, um, yes, it is. We're in good shape now. Powers you don't know you have. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we're very excited. It was well worth the wait to be able to have you on our show here. Um, before we uh, get to uh, what's on uh, your mind here, we usually like to start the episode off with uh, what's on our mind, something that's happening or something great that is going on, and something's on my mind. Something's on my mind. You know, we are in a landscape where there's a lot of divisive issues and topics uh, that we're all trying to navigate through. And I don't know about you, Stacey at GoDaddy, and Anthony, I don't know about you, but I know what I hear from clients all the time is that communication is challenging. It always comes down to communication and building relationships via trust. And, um, you know, we're always going to have divisive issues that are going to be on the landscape. I came across something that I thought was really neat. It's called the Human Library. I don't know if either of you have heard about this or not. I have not. It's uh, a... Take a look at that, humanlibrary.org. What, in essence, it does is that, think about uh, libraries. They have books, right? But the human library is where humans are the books. And um, they have been doing this where you have safe spaces to engage in conversation. And me, if I was a volunteer for the human library, I would identify topics that I can talk about in a very non-judgmental, open, safe spaces to someone who would like to know more about the topics that are near and dear to me. And they have hosted events, uh, my goodness, over 80 countries, whether it's at conferences, museums, as part of your festival, at uh, corporations. And what it is, is that you are a human book and you're other individual is a reader and you're just engaging in dialogue. It can be about anything, whether you have a disability that you have a topic that you can talk about. Um, it's about, you know, if I want to talk about the caste system or if you want to talk about politics, it's about breaking down biases, breaking down stereotypes, and it helps that communication process. Right. I love that concept. And I think that it's something that we can, you know, definitely support and get on board. But what do you think about the Human Library? I wanted to give a shout out to that organization. It's a great solution. No, it's interesting. It sounds like um, I'm drawing a blank on the name of the social media page, but we used to be on it. We had a page. And where you get on stage, um, all these safe rooms where you have these conversations. And so it sounds like another extension of that. I mean, it sounds like uh, an opportunity to engage somewhere. You know, I, I always I, – uh, I think it's a, probably another show when we talk about the word safe um, versus um, brave and those sorts of things. But I think that that's a great tool. It's a, I mean, a use of technology to have these conversations and be safe. Book reader, book reader. Sounds good. It's all about the lifelong learner. What yeah. do you think, Stacy? I love that idea. Um, I think it's so key for us to be approaching issues with this learning aspect um, and just being open to learn and engage in uncomfortable conversations. And it sounds like 
that's what this is doing. It's yeah. creating a platform to be able to have those conversations so that we can come to the table without worrying about being judged or asking silly questions and um, people to learn from each other. So I really love that concept. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, I always think about what are some solutions that are out there. We know that we need to look at communication tools, and I just love to be able to learn from somebody else, understand where they're coming from, seek to understand first. So I really love the human library, but take a look. I think yeah. it's really great. So thanks for... Uh, yeah. Sharing a little bit what's on your mind with the topic that I had on my mind today, everyone. <laughs> well, let's get into it. Let's get under the hood with, with Stacy. Let's uh, let, let's talk about GoDaddy and, and Stacy's Stacy's uh, journey. What's on our guest's mind? Well, corporate yeah. social responsibility is really interesting. Even though they have the word corporate in it, this is something that crosses across all industry sectors. It can be the academia, the nonprofit, municipalities. The key words there are really social responsibility. When you're thinking about in today's socially conscious movement and environment, guess what? Employees and clients are seeking organizations to work with and buy from that are purpose-driven. And those who make corporate social responsibility a priority. And for those of you that may not know what corporate social responsibility is, it's in essence, it's a business practice where organizations' success isn't only measured in financial gains, but also from a social and environmental gains. And some people call it the triple bottom line, people, planet, and profit, right? So think about it, people, planet, and profit. So my question for you, Stacey, is how can organizations fully integrate equity, diversity, inclusion, and engagement with their corporate social responsibility to truly transform cultures in a very sustainable and holistic manner? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, I think it really starts with the concept of corporate social responsibility or purpose being woven into the fabric of the business. So if it's if DEI or CSR is treated as a standalone program or initiative, it leaves it open to being pushed on to the back burner. And so really the key is weaving this work into the organization. Um, for us at GoDaddy, this starts with our mission statement to empower entrepreneurs everywhere and make opportunity more inclusive for all. But we know opportunity isn't inclusive or even accessible for a lot of people, which is why we think about inclusivity in everything that we do, from our hiring and promoting practices to our social impact program. We have to think about inclusivity as a business. And this work takes everyone. So while there may be a dedicated corporate sustainability or CSR department, these teams are cross-functional. This takes everyone within the organization to work towards these common goals and this purpose-driven mission. Let's expand on that a, a little bit. How do you, so in your role, um, how do you how do you ensure that happens? You meant you, uh, you use the word weaving into every aspect of the organization. In your role as the CSR, how do you how do you ensure that happens if everybody uh, and make sure everybody's on the same page? Yeah. So um, it starts with creating programs and practices that level up overall to the company mission. Mm -hmm. So having that inclusivity tie is key with the programs created, but then it is about those collaborative efforts. So for us, we have a sustainability committee at the company. So this starts with uh, several of our executives 
um, from our CEO to our chief legal officer, our chief financial officer, and our chief people officer, who sort of are the executive group on the steering committee. And then under that, we have the full steering committee, which uh, is comprised from about 12 leaders from across the business, hitting all different departments, everything from diversity and inclusion to our data centers, to facilities, to investor relations. Um, But these leaders are then always engaged in the work that we're doing from a corporate sustainability lens. So they're up to date on things, but then they're also able to bring the work that they're doing within their departments back up to this larger team to make sure we're all educated on the work that's happening around the business. And then we also have working groups under that. So we have teams who are dedicated to specific issues that we've identified as important, who work on these issues all year long, and they're reporting back to the steering committee. So we're really able to track our progress and make sure sure that the messaging of this work is being cascaded down across the organization through different departments. So Stacey, uh, when I'm thinking about embedding DEI, as well as CSR, it's all part of interwoven as part of the culture at the end of the day. And uh, you're a global entity. And even if someone doesn't have a global footprint, they may have facilities around the country that there are different issues that they need to keep in mind. How do you balance that in terms of what you prioritize around the social and environmental issues that are cropping up everywhere? Yes, there is there is no shortage of issues that are relevant in today's world. Uh, So it's really finding the balance of what do your stakeholders care about and then what's most impactful to your business. So for us, we look at this through a materiality assessment where we go out and talk to all of our stakeholders from our board members to our investors to our customers, our employees, community partners, and we listen to them and they tell us. These are the things that we care about. This is where we want to see GoDaddy making an impact. And we take those issues and then we look at our business and say, okay, where where do we have opportunity and where can we make an impact? And from that, we've identified different issues that are key to us. So we have a total of 10 different issues that we focus on, everything from diversity and inclusion to looking at energy use and greenhouse gas emissions. Um, And these are the things that we report out on annually. And then we strive to make different goals towards um, and make progress towards internally, and then we report on that work externally. Let's let's get under hood a little bit, Stacy. Let's let's uh, you, you you've got that that uh, you carry that that heavy title, corporate social responsibility. Let's talk about that word social. Um, when we think about GoDaddy, we we know if, if uh, everyone knows the the uh, historic reputation of GoDaddy um, at a point when they were growing, um, being perceived as a as a sexist company. Um, with their marketing and their advertising, and some of that was um, a deliberate. And you know, you you read articles about it, shock the public conscious, so to speak, uh, while generating millions in profits. And yeah, and as as this image uh, began to to impact the social responsibility of the organization, um, maybe how you were perceived uh, as an organization as women's rights and and sexism became really a, a heightened over the years. I know that. GoDaddy um, took a turn in terms of how they approached that. So um, from from your perspective, can you talk about that transition you know, and, and how it impacted GoDaddy over the years and, and perhaps your role and how it impacted you? Yeah, what I like to start by saying is that the the old advertising, it never reflected the GoDaddy culture internally. So mm-hmm. I remember, and this was all 
happening when I first joined the GoDaddy team. And I remember several people asking, why are you going to work for GoDaddy? Mm -hmm. Look at the Mm -hmm. advertising. How can you as a woman go there? Mm -hmm. And the truth was that is not how the company operates internally. Um, And so it was very key for our leadership team to start creating external efforts that actually represented what the company was all about. And I'm incredibly proud of what GoDaddy has done in this space. Uh, We were among one of the first companies to publish our pay parity results, and we've achieved both gender and ethnic pay parity across nearly every aspect of our business for years. And this started with our former CEO who went up on stage at the Grace Hopper conference um, and addressed the women and the individuals in the crowd to say, we know how you see GoDaddy, and that's not who we are. And so here are our pay parity results, and here's what we're committed to doing. And we've made great progress in that space. We've also received 100% on the human resource um, corporate equality index for four years, and we've received numerous awards for our diversity work. And what I'll say is what I appreciate most about our work is that we are backing up every stance that we take, everything that we say we care about, we back that up with data and proof points. Mm -hmm. And that's really key where the social impact and corporate social responsibility work comes in is that if we're going to take a stand, if we're going to talk about why we care about Pride Month or that we're making Juneteenth a company holiday, we're sharing why. And we're sharing everything that we've done in the space over the course of many years to back this up as to why it's important to us. Stacey, you know, when you're thinking about data, data drives. And I think this is very important uh, when you're thinking about CSR, DEIE. To me, it's all integrated because the data is very important. Uh, The fact that uh, GoDaddy is being transparent means that they're respecting the data and putting it out there. A lot of times there's a fear factor that if the data is out there, there's a reflection on us. And I said, well, that's that's just a, a data set, one point. That doesn't mean that's the end point though, right? And knowing that the pay parity, it is such a huge issue. And if you think about globally, U.S. companies, um, we don't do as well compared to some of other counterparts. And uh, when we're thinking about how can we create more of an equitable environment so that um, genders across all board get to those equal outcomes, transparency is going to be key with reporting the data. So thanks for sharing that. I think the other thing that kind of brought to my attention a little bit is that we need to be mindful of what is the reputation of our organization um, externally. There's a disconnect because you said the internally, it wasn't anything to what the external is. I've had clients even who are on their DEI journey. They're like, but this is what we're doing X, Y, and Z. It's like, well, you need to connect the dots to those external stakeholders there. So... Yeah, we talk about what data being a, a data point. I want to uh, draw on that and get your your, your perspective because I, I I believe in the data as well. And I think what I've always believed is data is driven by by humans. It's subjective, just like anything else. And so I'm a big believer in human behavior. And as you as you think about your your role, um, how do you how does how does your role as a CSR leader impact human behavior in the organization um, beyond? Um, surveys and beyond um, programs? How do you feel that people generally behave? Do you, uh, I'm, I'm curious. That- I think that people are inherently good and want to do good. Um, and I think when you weave 
corporate social responsibility into the business, then people are able to rally around a purpose-driven mission. And that's clear. And I think that if you talk to folks from across GoDaddy, they feel that purpose. They they feel that when they're coming in to work every single day, the mission and why they're there to do what they do. And so just by interlinking all of this work is just, it's key um, for really ensuring that your workforce feels the purpose of the mission um, and understands why the company does what it does. I love the word linking um, because that's, that's the, that's key. I think linking, linking the data with the behavior, right. And linking that information. And how do we, how does it not become a, a checkbox or a checkpoint um, that we just conducted this training or this initiative and we have this out, but how do we link that to human behavior? That's a good point. And I think that when you're thinking about purpose-driven organizations, you know, the younger generations are looking to, again, work for organizations that have that. That means that your mission is based on your value system, but that's an organization's value system. We also have to ask the individual, what is their value system? Mm -hmm. And does it align with the organization's value system? Then you're able to get to that behavior or changes that you're looking for, Anthony, right? The greater it is in sync, the greater the outcomes it is going to be. Gets to me to a question that I want to ask you, Stacy. is, uh, you know, we are in a very polarized times right now with many issues that are being faced uh, by not only our internal stakeholders, but our external stakeholders from race relations, women's reproductive rights, uh, to global war, to climate change, to transgender rights. The list can go on and on and on. Um, with this, there's also an increased pressure for organizations to take a stand on social and environmental issues. And so you're seeing CEOs and senior executives that are being placed in a position to navigate CSR, whether or not that is a role that they have, as people are looking up to them to see what actions leadership is taking. So as a CSR leader yourself and a human with your own, yet all personal values and perspectives, how are you um, able to navigate in this role, knowing that um, you, again, are bringing yourself into the work? But what advice can you also give to others that are being tasked at a greater degree to navigate with diverse stakeholders who have different values, attitudes, and beliefs? Um, we see that happening with Disney, and that's not the only one. So what advice can you give to other leaders based on what, how you've navigated over the years? Yeah, there is so much pressure um, on individuals and companies to be taking a stand now. And it's really seen if if you're not taking a stand, that in and itself is taking a stand. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's really important for companies and for leaders to get clear on this. And I, I talked about this before, but it's again having purpose at the forefront of your organization, but it's it's being authentic. So, you know. You're never going to make every single stakeholder or every person happy. There is a variety of different thoughts and opinions about all of the issues that are relevant in today's world. So it's about looking at the business and, and what's authentic and where are the proof points. So if, if a company comes out to take a stand on a certain issue, but they have no backup data or any proof points to show what they've actually done to advance work in this space, that's not good. So it's really key for companies to be very intentional about the approach. And that is what I really appreciate um, 
about GoDaddy is that we are always very intentional. We look at everything that we've done as a business to say, if we're going to take a stand on something, if we're going to come out with our opinion, what do we have to back this up? And, and the reality is we have to look back years to say, what have we done? What do our employees care about to really ensure that it's relevant and it's going to be authentic to our business? So it takes time. And I think that there's a lot of pressure on companies or individuals to quickly come out and take a stand. As soon as something happens, come out, say something about it. And while there are companies who have purpose and CSR really as the core of their business and they're able to do that, for other companies, it takes more time and that's okay. You don't have to be the first to come out and say something as long as you come out and you can show why you have this stance and what you're actually doing in the space. Thank you for sharing. I do like how you said that um, what do your uh, employees care about? You're looking internal first. If you take care of your internal employees, your internal stakeholders is going to take care of the external stakeholders. So I appreciate the focus that you have on the internal employees. Have you ever had a time where on this journey for you that um, it didn't go as well? Can you share... um, potentially what had happened and um, how you were able to continue to press forward because we know that on this journey it's not going to be perfect mistakes can be made or you're trying different things it may not work out uh, but you know it's important to the culture and you're going to continue to proceed forward yeah I'm not sure if there's any one moment that specifically sticks out but I do think that anytime we have taken a stance or or came out on an issue of something that we felt was important We do have employees who will come to us who have very differing opinions and will tell us that. And so it's always finding that balance to share why we said what we said um, and helping our employees understand the viewpoint. But we take all of that learning back to our teams to say, okay, how can we do this better? We, we may have gotten a lot of great reception from some employees, but there's also some employees who are upset about it. And so for us, it really just comes down to evaluating every situation on a case-by-case basis, looking at all of the different options, and then making sure we're very clear about why we're doing what we're doing. So not necessarily one instance that has stuck out. Um, it's, it's a constant process and an evolution uh, on this journey. Stacy, I want to learn a little bit about Stacy Klein, a little bit. What, what, why do you do what you do? Why, you're in a position, you're fairly, you're an intelligent woman, and you could do anything you want. Why do you, why do, you do this work? There, there's a lot of reasons. Um, and to share that, I sort of have to back up a little bit. Um, Please do. I grew up in a great suburb in Minnesota. I had a great upbringing, a fairly uneventful childhood. Um, And when I graduated from high school, I moved to Arizona to attend the Walter Cronkite School at ASU. And um, my senior year of college, I, I took part in a capstone class where I worked with different nonprofits throughout the semester to help them with fundraising campaigns, um, help them sort of rebrand their organizations. And it was then that I really realized that I wanted to work in the social impact space, but I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do yet. And I, that was when I really figured out, okay, social impact is where I want to go. 
But when I think back on my life, I think there's a couple moments that really stand out to me. And the first is, it was probably when I was about 10 years old or so. And there was an incident where um, my aunt who has special needs had a very, very cruel encounter. And while I was aware of my aunt's special needs, it didn't really hit me until I saw firsthand just how awful people could be Mm -hmm. um, treating somebody who they saw as different. And that moment really stuck out to me of, I think it was my first moment where I, I recognized my privilege. And the second moment where I really recognized that was my freshman year in college. So I had mentioned I was um, Mm -hmm. attending the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism. Mm -hmm. And in one of my classes, I had to get a certain number of articles published with a local newspaper. And I was working with a, on a story about a K through 12 budget override. And I went to this school and it happened to be a title one school. It was about 90% Hispanic students. And I remember being shocked when I walked in, wondering if I was in the right place. And the best way to describe it is just bare. There was limited furniture. There weren't any books. There wasn't any technology. It was truly the opposite of the school that I had attended back in Minnesota. And it was, again, just another moment of recognizing my privilege and the way that I grew up was not the same as a lot of different people around the world. And those two moments are big, big reasons why I'm in the social impact field. I want to level the playing field. I want to highlight the inequities that exist in our world so that we can do something about it. And for those of us who have privilege are able to use that privilege for the greater good. Thank you so much for, for sharing that and and for being candid about, you know, um, your, your experiences. I think one of the things that we, we care about this show f- for so much is, is we want to talk with leaders who, who not only understand what, what, they, what their lives are like and what their responsibilities are in the corporate world, but how, how it impacts them as le- as personally as leaders. Because uh, oftentimes leaders get into these positions and assume they don't have feelings as humans and they don't. And, and their employees view them as the epitome of the company and everything's their fault and it's always the leader's fault. And leaders are humans like everybody else. So I'm always curious about why people get into this space and um, I wanted just to know why you why you do what you do because there, there has to be some human impact. Everybody has to look at themselves in the mirror and ask why they do what they do. And So I appreciate hearing that from you. Thanks for sharing that. And I appreciated you talking a little bit about what your privilege is. Yes. Being an authentic leader is yeah. uh, having a lot of self-introspection and reflection mm-hmm. about our own privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, we all have different levels and forms of privileges, yeah. and it shouldn't be something that's, you know, shaming when we talk about privilege. Yeah. So if you can do a lot of that self-introspection, that allows us to really identify where it shows up for us and how we can be proactive allies to help others that don't have that um, equitable opportunity. How can we help to create the level playing field and so i want us to continue to talk about privilege and put it as part of those conversations because so important to be able to destigmatize privilege and reshape the narrative so thank you for doing that stacy I feel like we can, you know, have another hour with you, <laughs> Stacy. here, but we do have another segment here that we need to get to, as without this segment, without our listeners, we wouldn't be able to, you know, have this show. So we have a segment called What's on Our Listener's Mind? I wonder what our listeners are thinking right now. 
So um, listeners, continue to submit your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at diversitystraightup.com. Stacy, this is where um, we get uh, questions from our listeners that we get to ask uh, our guest executive. Uh, and is, we don't pick or choose who gets what. It's just whatever's in the next in the docket. This one is from Anita. Her uh, question is, my VP is holding on to a few employees who are performing badly just because they are from diverse backgrounds. They have been coached and trained, yet it's not fair that they continue to get a pass. How can I bring this issue up as it's not fair? Well, I'm glad I don't get this one, Anthony. I'm glad it's Stacy who gets to answer <laughs> that one. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, what I have to first just highlight here is that my role within GoDaddy is around our social impact. And so I work very closely with our diversity teams and there's been a lot of work done. Um, this specific situation, while I have insight, uh, it's more on my, my personal thought and how I would approach the situation. That's what we want. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think for, for us within the company, it's, we brought in Samford uh, several years ago to look at our promotion and our hiring process and to look at unconscious bias throughout those entire processes. And so for us, it was about evaluating every single employee from the same lens and trying to remove unconscious bias from the process. And so it starts with the framework. And um, if the framework is the same, if employees are being evaluated and they're being held accountable for their work, then yes, there are things that should be, should be happening. Um, and things that should take place to ensure that employees are being evaluated appropriately. So I think in that type of situation for me personally, what I would do is bring, is bring the issue to yeah. HR. Um, you know, the thing to understand too, is that while an employee may, have that certain viewpoint and view that issue from their VP, from their leader, the leader is going to have a different perspective. And so that employee might not have insight into that perspective or why decisions are being made. So I do think it's important to understand that as well. Great point. Well, thank you so much, uh, Stacy, uh, for responding to Anita's question. Anita, thank you so much uh, for asking DSU about this. And listeners, continue to submit your comments, questions, and suggestions to us as uh, we love it. And I know that our guest executives um, enjoy being able to help you out as well on your journey. Awesome. Well, Stacy. Thank you for that. We, we have another uh, uh, segment uh, that we're going to get to now. It's kind of our fun segment. Um, I think you'll enjoy this. Um, if you were here with us, it would be even funner. Uh, funner, is that a word? More fun? Well, <laughs> <laughs> this is called the diversity thumb ball. Uh, and for our audience, uh, if you're listening, uh, we have a ball here. Uh, it's sh shaped like a soccer ball. Um, and on the ball, it's got a bunch of uh, scenarios around diversity. Um, and what we do is we're, if we're in the studio, uh, we would throw the ball to you, Stacey, um, and you would catch it. And wherever your thumb lands on the ball, wherever your thumb <laughs> lands, She's ready. You, you answer that question. So, um, and you just answer it as candidly as you can. Um, and so these are fun questions. Uh, they're, they're intriguing questions, and they spark con they're conversation starters. <laughs> I like Maybe how that's you say a better fun. way. I, I, it's fun because I love this space, and I love talking about this. So fun to me is a little different. But this, these are intriguing questions. So I'm going to throw... I'll throw for you. How about you go first? I'll throw to Sedeca and she'll catch for you. And you can pretend you're catching if you want. 
Okay, I had to go almost on a backflip here for that one. All right, Stacy, this is your question. How do your thoughts about diversity differ from your parents? That is that is a very very good question because I have to sort of separate things slightly. Um, my thoughts around diversity and the importance of this work and leveling the playing field is very in line with half of my family. Um, and the other half, I think while are aware of these, these issues might not see the issues as important. So I think like many of us over the past couple of years with the issues and things that have been happening in our world have had to have very tough conversations with our family members, um, and haven't always been aligned. And so that has been something that's been a little tricky in navigating, but I will say that, um, specifically my mother is someone who I just love and appreciate and respect so much. And she is at the forefront of a lot of these issues in her personal life and what she goes out and does in the community to rally against different causes is something that I absolutely enjoy and envy. I think they say the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. Is that what they yeah. say? <laughs> I just saw Stacy's uh, face just and eyes just light Didn't. up talking about uh-huh. your mom. Uh-huh. So kudos, mom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, Stacy, for sharing. All right, Anthony, All I'm right. going to be gentle with my toss here with you. <laughs> All right. All right. What's my question here? How do gender norms impact people's opportunity? Oh, I don't think you've got that one I don't before. Think I've had that one no. before. Um, Certainly, I think gender norms impact. Uh, I'll first say that they, sh- they shouldn't. Uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in equity, but how do gender norms impact people's opportunities? They impact uh, people's ability to participate in certain activities, as, as, as we know today. We're having a national discussion about uh, the LGBTQ community, LGBTQ community and their uh, ability to play sports uh, in school. Um, so, so that's a prime example of how how uh, gender norms uh, impact people's abilities. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a very challenging topic in some spaces, but I think worthy of discussion. All right, you ready? As long as what I don't say? fall off my chair. <laughs> you get the twice today. <laughs> Logan, do we have insurance here? Okay. <laughs> Thumbs up, he said, okay. Uh, recount a time you felt like an outsider. How many times do you want to count? You know, it's really interesting. I was thinking about this in my head the other day is um, being born in India, but growing up here in the U.S., for me, uh, when it comes to race and ethnicity, especially when I was in Oklahoma, Nebraska, and then in the Quad Cities on the Illinois side, there weren't a lot of uh, people that looked like me, um, you know, from a nationality perspective. So what that means is growing up, I got so used to being around people that didn't look like me. And over time, as my community started to reflect a little bit of my nationality, and I would go to events where it would be all Indians, I would feel like an outsider there. And it just felt weird that in my own community, that looks like me, that I felt like an outsider. And so I, I that just kind of brought it up because I was thinking about that. I'm like, why do I feel that way? Probably because I didn't, I wasn't exposed to that growing up. So it feels weird. Not, whereas the other right. thing feels normal to me because I'm so used to not seeing people that yeah. look like me. Does and that not, make sense? Absolutely. And it's funny you say that because I, I've had that happen to me before. I remember my first internship in Atlanta, Georgia, which is known as Chocolate City. Like, 
African black people run the city. I never seen that before. Huh. Never seen professionals on that scale that looked like me. I was blown away, and it was. I felt like a fish out of water because I'd never seen it. So no, totally, totally get it, totally get it. Yeah. Getting better, <laughs> that's for sure. Well, I hope you all like the diversity thumbball, Stacy. We always have fun, so thank you. And uh, we're about ready to wrap up the session, yeah. but before we do. Um, is there any advice you have for our listeners that would help them enhance their own equity, diversity, inclusion, and engagement journey that you think uh, would be of benefit so they continue to feel inspired and empowered along the way? Yeah, I think, again, it's just it's approaching things first by listening and understanding and just always remembering that every person that you talk with, every individual it's going to be in a very different place on their journey. And so approaching each issue with that lens, I think is incredibly helpful to understand different perspectives. Um, and, and I can't leave here without just giving a little bit of a shout out to one of our social impact programs that I just have to do a quick highlight for. Um, and I, I want to give a highlight on it just because I think it really shows how CSR and diversity and inclusion can weave together and how these two concepts together are just so much more impactful. Um, so we're actually celebrating the five-year anniversary of the Empower by GoDaddy program, which is our yes. social impact program to equip entrepreneurs in underserved communities with the training tools and the resources that they need to be successful. And through this program, we have served over 5,000 5, entrepreneurs. Wow. And we launched this to ensure that we were aligning our social impact programs to the mission of our company. And when we were talking to local businesses and nonprofits and leaders across the US, there were a few things that came, just became abundantly clear. What you look like or where you live can impact whether your small business is successful or not. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want to do. And that's what we want to address is to level the playing field because it's clear that the people who are starting businesses and the people who are receiving funding and resources for their businesses don't align. And so that's what we want to address. And to do something like that, it takes all aspects of business and it's really key to bring employees along on the journey as well to get involved in the program to see firsthand the impact that they can make while being able to educate them on the issues that exist in underserved communities. So I'll wrap that up just by saying, you know, remember that everyone's on a different place in their journey. And the more people you can involve in this type of work and how you can create cross collaborative efforts, the, the, the more you will be able to actually advance this type of work and, and make progress towards key issues. But Stacy, before we do let you go, is there anything um, that you wanted, uh, based on what we've recorded, we just want to take some time right now to ask you anything you wanted to add? Yeah, I just, you know, want to highlight again, just the importance of CSR and DE&I and these, these concepts are so incredibly connected. And one way that we've worked to align these strategies is through our Empower by GoDaddy program. So we're celebrating five years of the Empower by GoDaddy program, which is our signature social impact program that equips entrepreneurs in underserved communities with the training tools and resources that they need to be successful. And we, we started this program 
in 2017 in two cities in Phoenix and in Cedar Rapids. And today we have this program running with 19 partners in four different countries. And we've served over 5,000 entrepreneurs. But um, I launched this program back in 2017 with the goal of aligning our social impact efforts with the mission of our company. And in talking to local businesses and nonprofits and leaders across the U.S., there were a few things that became abundantly clear. What you look like or where you live can have an impact on whether your small business is successful or not. And there's a few stats that I like to highlight here. According to the Case Foundation, only 1% of venture capital-backed founders had a Black founder, and only 10% had a female founder. And GoDaddy, we have a great research arm called Venture Forward, which measures the impact of online micro-businesses in local economies, found that entrepreneurship is on the rise overall, Mm -hmm. with Black owners accounting for 26% of all new starts from 2019 to 2020. So it's very clear that the people who are starting businesses and then the people who are receiving funding and resources for their businesses are not aligning. And so that is what we work to address with Empower. And in addition to going into local communities and working with nonprofits and bringing these tools and resources to business owners, we know how important it is to bring our employees along. So our employees, they volunteer in the program and they get to see firsthand the impact that they can make. While we also work to educate them on the issues that exist in underserved communities and how, if we collectively come together, we can make a really big impact. That is an incredible program, Stacey. Thank you so much for sharing that. And if I might say shamelessly uh, to our listeners, uh, we're from Cedar Rapids, and, and I know that GoDaddy was founded here. And I'm very familiar with the program. I've attended some of your events, and I know people who have personally benefited in our, in our backyard. So thank you for sharing that. Likewise, congratulations. As a fellow entrepreneur, I think any kind of programs, initiatives like that is really going to help to create a more of a equitable level playing field there. So thank you again for your time today, Stacy. We've enjoyed having you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Take care. And a shout out again to our sponsors, ACT, Alliant Energy, and Cedar Rapids Bank and Trust. The show is produced by LAS Media Group. A special thanks to our listeners, as without you, we wouldn't be here. So please continue to help us grow subscriber base by sharing our show with others, liking, commenting, etc. Love this episode of Diversity Straight Up? Then head over to the most popular podcast and audio platforms to subscribe, rate, and review us. We'd love to hear from you. Hit us up and send your questions, comments, and suggestions to info at diversitystraightup.com. And remember, wherever you live, work, and play, our backyards are increasingly global. And as we say on our show, diversity straight up. Keeping it real.